as always, we want to thank our sponsor, the Norden Group of Salt Lake City. Why do portfolios of large institutions, endowments, and pensions look so different than the portfolios of high net worth individuals and families? The philosophy at the Norden Group is that you should invest your portfolio like an institution. This approach leads to complete transparency. Some key questions to ask yourself. What do I really own? How much am I paying in fees? What costs am I paying that are not disclosed? Would I be better off in a low-cost index fund? At the Norden Group, we conduct what is called a portfolio audit, which can help reveal these and other important details. Call us to set up your appointment. And as always, if you folks have, you know, seven or eight figures worth of investable wealth, um, these are the guys that you want in your corner. These are honest, ethical professionals who can help you at every step along the way. Uh, They're the allies that you need on your side. Investment advisor services offered through Townsquare Capital LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Townsquare is not affiliated with any other named entity. Okay. Well, thanks as always to the Norden Group. Um, you know, if you've got if you've got lots of money that you need to invest wisely, they're the people that are going to do it for you. Oh, yeah. So, and again, thanks to them and all their support for, for all they do for us and that we couldn't do what we do without him. So thanks so much. Again, we have Miles here. I'm back. And we've got Amy in the background. Amy, do you want to say hi? Anything you want to say, Amy? Not really. Okay. Um, but yeah, so kind of an exciting week. This week uh, we're, is Nationals, Mountain Bike Nationals Yeah. In in Philly. I've never been out there before. Why'd they do that? You know what? I don't know. And I really hope that I've got this wish and I've actually talked to the, or emailed the guy that actually kind of is in charge of where nationals is. And I, I think they really need to do it in Bentonville every single year. It's just, you can drive there. They've got the, they've got the hotels. They've got right in the middle of everything. Yeah. It's just, it's just the perfect place. And and no matter where you live in the country, you can drive there because Flying there's a pain. We don't, you know, you can't really bring out tents. You can't. Yeah, it's not as fun. Yeah, but we're excited to go. It's going to be a cool experience. We've, um, should be fun. So we'll figure out how to fly with bikes, I guess. So Yeah, good luck with that. Um, so Miles, what, oh, and I, I mentioned Miles is here again. Joe's still on his honeymoon. He's in like Italy or something. Yeah, somewhere in that across the pond. You know, like growing up. It was an exotic vacation if we went to like Nevada or Idaho or something. And now he's in, yeah, now he's in Italy. So good for him. I hope he's having fun. But I I did have a lot of people say you did awesome last week. So we brought him, we brought him back. In fact, um, Jamerson thinks you're better than Joe. So that's okay. (laughs) Okay. Um, I I don't know if I want to steal joe's job he's not a guy i want on my bad side so that's true i'll I'll let him have it back when when he gets back he'd talk you to death if you ever got on his bad side so that's what i'm scared of yeah (laughs) all right well so what's going on nationally nationally or just what what, like what's some exciting cycling bike world news um pretty big week uh nino took his i think 35th world cup win um, oh, he got another one. He got another one, and he won it in typical Nino fashion. Just went, just really went hard off the whole from time. the just like right from the start, and just yeah, he battled a little with Alan Hatherley, but just walked away from him. Never really attacked him super hard. And where was this World Cup race? Um, wait, 
it wasn't in lens or hide. Sorry, I should know this. Was it Val de Sol or something? Yeah, okay. Val de Sol, yeah. Um, and then Puck Peters won the women's race. She's uh, just right out of U23. Oh, cool. And Where's I she think, from? Um, I, I think she's British. Oh, cool. Uh, don't, don't quote me on that. I should probably research that more. Um, and then the Tour de France started, so roadie things. Um, Adam Yates and Simon Yates, the twins, went one two at the first stage of the Tour de France, which I, oh, I thought cool. was kind of cool. Um, hopefully, the Gibbons are going to replicate that. I think they will. They're they're headed that way. They've got their trajectory. Yeah, terrifying upward spiral. <laughs> um, and then Victor Lefay won the second stage just this morning for the team Kofidis. And that's the, that's their first win from 2008. So since 2008, so that was a pretty big deal for them. Cool, because I haven't heard of him or the team. So. Okay. Yeah, they're not a huge team, but but good for them. That's yeah, awesome. We're proud of them. Yeah. Any others? No, I think that does it for the news. So how many? Do you know about how many miles the tour covers? Isn't it like um, around 2,000 or something like that? That sounds about right. It's usually about like a, a little over 100 each day. And then there are two rest days, and some of the time trials are, are pretty short. So it just kind of depends. I, 2,000 miles sounds. Yeah, I think it's a little work. over 2,000, which is like riding across the country. Yeah, it's and far. I've heard it's like the, the elevation they gain is like Everesting multiple times. and Yeah, it's kind of crazy. It's insane what these guys are doing. And they're racing yeah. it too. Like It's brutal. Like most people couldn't even ride it, let alone race it. Um, it's gnarly stuff. Like even just doing like one stage of it is yeah. more than like most of us could handle. So these guys are just, guys and gals are just awesome. Yeah. So when's the next, are, are they doing another Tour de Femme or whatever? Tour de France Femme avec Zwift? Yes. Um, they are. I'm not sure when that when, yeah. starts. Because that was super, because that seemed like that wasn't too long ago. But No, that, that was the first kind of year of it really being fully sanctioned and, yeah. you know. So hopefully they'll keep doing that. That was a pretty big hit. So. Yeah, I know it's, it's happening again, so that's good. Well, cool. Any other news or that was... I think that does it. Okay, I'm excited. That's cool about Nino. I, He kind of took that record and just kept going and going. I thought he'd kind of, once he once he beat Absalon's record, he'd kind of just, okay. I'm yeah, start cruising. But, but no, he's he's still after it. That's awesome. Yeah, So impressive stuff. Well, super cool. Thanks. Um, just... I guess before you do my quiz, mm -hmm. I just had a few things that aren't, this isn't like the meat and potatoes of what we're going to talk about. It's just some things that I think are really timely that we should talk about right now, just because of the, the time of the season we're in. Um, and then we'll do your quiz for me, which I'm going to do terrible at. And then we'll it. go into meat and potatoes stuff. So, Sounds good. Um, yeah. So I mentioned before nationals is coming up mm -hmm. this part in the season you know and, and this year has been unusual because it hasn't have you ever really felt hot yet on the bike like no it's no been it's like wonderful yeah i did a ride the other day and i had to wear a jacket and i'm like it's it's almost yeah, july throwing a vest wearing, a couple times yeah like, it's, it's just nice. been super cool this year usually like on a typical year it's usually about now where you're kind of getting into the dog days of summer yeah where I think a little bit of burnout kind of sets in, you know, where the heat Not real as you touched on earlier, but <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I mean? You just kind of, yeah. it just gets a little, it's, it's harder to find it's motivation hard when it's like a hundred degrees outside, you know? Yeah. And, and that's kind of what the meat and potatoes is going to be a little bit about, but for sure, really July is a great time to kind of plan your mid season break. Yeah. And I've never really seen any like 
studies or science on mid-season breaks. It's kind of more like a um, a tradition that's kind of cropped up lately that a lot of yeah. pro cyclists are doing. A lot of people are just taking a week during the year and just taking it completely off the bike. Really, and these aren't like like a backpacking trip wouldn't count. Um, you know, this is like a week where you actually just really, really let yourself recover, rest up deeply. Yeah, and so. Hopefully everyone's, I think most people incidentally have entire weeks where they go on vacation or something. And yep. I, th- I think most people in this area tend to take a week off and naturally kind of had a, have a mid-season break. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm the only one that really struggles with that. that I, maybe, I did mine this week and it was hard. Yeah, it's, it's hard. You kind of feel like you're going to lose all this fit. You know, really in a week you're not. You, you're going to get back and you're going to feel a little bit rusty. Yeah, definitely. But after a ride or two, you're going to be back to where you were. No, uh-huh. no big deal. It's just a good, really good practice to get into, especially this time. So hopefully everyone's taking a mid-season break. Those that are doing nationals and are peaking for nationals, it's essential that you, do, like after nationals, take a week where you're just, you're sitting on the beach with your feet up and and then do a couple of weeks where it's mostly aerobic, you know, don't be doing intervals for a little while, just really kind of reset. Um, you just, you know, just so you're kind of planning out your entire season so you can be strong through Nika. Um, a lot of times, like some kids, I think a week is a great amount of time. Two weeks, I think is a little bit long. Yeah. I know it seems, it seems like kids when they take two weeks off, they really kind of struggle when they get back. They feel a lot rusty. You do yeah. lose a little bit of fitness. If you're only taking a week off, just totally relax, just chill. If you're taking two weeks off and you're on a vacation that lasts two, you you might go hiking. You might do some steep hikes. Hard. Yeah, yeah, steep hikes is kind of my aerobic conditioning. Yeah, you might do something to kind of keep keep the engine tuned up. But for sure. Um, but then my caution is when you get back, you're going to feel rusty. That's okay it's going to come back to you in, in like two or three rides. So don't get too discouraged. If you feel rusty, it's okay. You didn't lose, you don't lose everything in two weeks for sure. So, um, oh my goodness. <laughs> How did you do that, Amy? Somehow Amy got into my notes and put tell everyone how much you don't like Joe. <laughs> Look at this. It's like right there. I have no idea how she okay. hacked my notes app. <laughs> right right above tires. Did you is... steal my phone? Okay. That... All right. Okay. So. I don't know. I love Joe. Joe's a good guy. Can you delete that section? No, I, That's not I can't. Cut. It's, uh, we got to oh. keep that in. Anyhow, now that we're totally derailed. So we had. Thanks, Amy. We had a question come in. And do you have the actual question? I do have the question. Okay. Do you want to. And Miles is more of a Joe than I am. So we're going to turn this question over to Miles. All right. Sorry, I just got to pull it up. Um, so it's uh, could you touch on Aspen's rec- versus Recon Race in the next podcast? And then I feel like that's a dumb question. There are no dumb questions, just dumb people. Oh. So <laughs> who asked this question? Um, Calvin Christensen. Okay, that's right. Yeah. So these are Max's tires. the The real big difference I've felt is kind of like the rolling speed and the performance in like wet weather versus dry weather the the aspen has a ton of casing on the ground and it has and explain of, what that is for those that might not know casing it's like the it's this 
I don't know how to. It's like the stuff in your tire. They're like actual rubber and threads and everything. What what makes up your tire that's not the tread on top of it? Oh, gotcha. Does that make sense? Okay. So it's the stuff below the tread, like the rubber below the tread. Yeah, all that stuff. So a the, lot on the on the. But like the thorns would go into and make it flat, right? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I don't want that. So a lot of that's touching the ground on an Aspen, um, and the Recon Race has a bit more substantial knob on it. Okay, so less of the casing is less actually the casing. touching the ground. Yeah, so the recon race rolls a little bit slower. I, I don't know the exact numbers, but I, I don't think it's too significant. Um, it's it's a little beefier of a tire. You'll have a little bit more traction in the corners. Um, and in my opinion, it doesn't perform quite as well in the wet, just because uh, the knobs will pack up a little more. They'll get more mud in them? Yeah. Okay. The, the Aspen sheds mud a little better. Um, <laughs> they're both phenomenal tires. Like, I wouldn't... I'd be happy running either of them. Yeah, and I I used to run the recon races, and I loved them. But and this was several years ago because I've run Aspens for years and years and years. But when they when the recon races first came out, I tried them. I loved them. I got a lot of flats on them. Do you know what casing they're in? I don't. And I always get like the the XO, the XO, yeah. and the yeah, like I always get the the tubeless ready XO the best i can get you know yeah make sure to get exo because the other ones are there's no sidewall protection and then there's tube type when your sealant will just leak through and i I think that people recently because i always tell people i had that problem they kind of give me this puzzled look and so they you know max is i think they're pretty concerned about quality so if if there was an issue i think they probably addressed it because i was thinking maybe trying them again because it seems like there's sometimes where aspens aren't quite enough even though i love how fast they are but sometimes it would be Nice it's to have nice a, to have a little bit of a burlier tire yeah, every once in a while. They're both super fast. Like no, they'd be totally fine tires for yeah. Both like are very very raceable. Nike racing applications, national race applications. Like it, they're they're pretty good all around XC tires. Both yeah. Of them. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Well, the part I hate the most. Let's uh, let's make me look dumb. Let's quiz you. I don't have a, a ton of questions today. Uh, well, I don't have but, a ton of answers. Okay, so. that's good. So Eddie Merckx okay. and Mark, Mark Cavendish, do you know who they are? I know who both of them okay. are a little bit. They're tied for Tour de France stage wins. How many? Oh, gosh. That's probably a really big number. Yeah. Do you want to hint? Maybe. Sure. It's, it, what, it's what Nino tied Julian Absalon with for his World Cup wins. Like 36? Close. It's 34. 34. Okay. Yeah. That's a lot, and we're we're hoping he beats that, or Mark Cavendish beats it this year, but he's not he's not having a great time so far. Um, next question: Who are the GC favorites for the Tour de France? Um, it's probably going to be Tade. Yeah, that's correct. And um, let's see who's the other one. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Yellow Kit. <laughs> yeah. Give me a clue. I'm, I'm having. It starts a... with a J. Oh, do you know the thing is? I just can picture everyone at home just thinking how dumb I sound right now. During... No, there's no judgment, Dan. Yeah. Oh, there's plenty of judgment. <laughs> Jonas Fingergaard. Okay. They're they're the two favorites for this. Oh, show. okay. All right, and one more question from Andrew Preston: What are your favorite trails outside of Utah? My favorite trails outside of Utah. Yeah. Or trail system. Ooh. You know, uh, God, that's a good question because I, I, I think it's definitely Sun Valley. Sun Valley. Yeah. Is there if, any particular trail that? 
you like? No, it's just kind of a cool area. And, and I know a lot of people go to Sun Valley. It's it's surprising how many how much trails there are. That was bad grammar. How many trails there are out there mm-hmm. versus the population that uses them. Yeah. Um, so, so Sun Valley super cool. And I love Missoula too. Yeah, for yeah, sure. The, All of Montana is pretty yeah. It's, it's just, you know, and that's kind of the fun thing about trying different trails. It's, it's like dirt isn't dirt. It's like yeah, every, sure. every place you go just kind of has a little different feel. Um, I'm trying to think, but, but to be honest, I just, I am such a big fan of park city cause Utah fanboy. Yeah. Like, cause I have traveled around quite a bit to like the national races and stuff and I really do. Th- I do think that Park City riding is still the best. Cool, you know. So, hot take. Yeah, I, it's not that hot of a take. It's pretty. I think, it's hot take. I think. I think the only, you know, it does get a little crowded sometimes, but yeah, the definitely. trails I ride don't ever get crowded. Oh, unless, you got to keep those a secret. Yeah, unless you count weeds and branches growing over and them. And Brady Preston. That's too Brady. Yeah, Brady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's taking that to a whole new level. So yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Was that, that's, that's all my quiz. That's your quiz. Okay. Good job. How did I do? You did pretty good. Okay. I've, yeah. I'm not feeling too like, bad about that. So. Yeah. Well, um, today's topic, I think there's a lot of things I wanted to talk about, but I really think that we really need to talk about this right now just because of the time of the season we're in. Yeah. It's a super important topic and it's, Something that I think a lot of Nike writers just get wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, and I think too, the benefits of what we're about to talk about are kind of surprising. Okay. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. It's, we're going to talk about heat. Oh yeah. Yes. Riding in the heat. And, and as always, the most important part is at the very end. So you got to listen to the whole thing. Actually it is. Yes. Yeah. I've, it's, it's only going to get better as we go. So you got to stick around. You just can't stop listening. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So what do you think? Do you like riding in the heat? Do you like riding on a hot day or would you rather ride on a cool I would definitely, autumn day with the leaves falling? And it's you're, so much better to ride in the cool. You're not sure if you need a jacket or not and your toes are a little bit cold. Yeah, that's obviously. It's so much nicer. It's so much nicer. Like, do you like riding in the heat or? Um. Not, not really. I mean, I still like riding while it's hot. I think I enjoy it more when it's a little cooler, but sometimes it is fun to get out in the heat. And I think the first hot day is pretty miserable though. Yeah. It's not fun. Yeah. And, and, and we just don't perform as well in the heat, you know, like you're probably on a super hot day. You're probably mm-hmm. not going to finish your ride. Look at your Strava and see a whole bunch of PRs on that day. No, definitely not. Yeah. You're, it, it really hinders your performance. Um, you know, pr- part of the part of the problem. Well, there's there's two things that happen when we're riding in the heat that that kind of slow us down. Um, the first one is that that you know we have our blood flow that's supplying our working muscles. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the better that blood supply is, the better we perform. And we kind of talked about it a lot last week with our yeah. You know, with our nitric oxide a good podcast. episode, yeah. So, um, when when it's really hot, your blood flow is kind of competing with delivering 
blood to your muscles. It's also mm-hmm. delivering blood to your to your skin, you know, so it can so you can sweat, and that's how it kind of displaces heat. Yeah. So, you know, there's there's kind of a little competition of blood flow there, so you don't get quite as much going to your working muscles. So that's one of the problems. And then another issue is your body is just designed. You know, our body is designed to to keep itself within a very specific temperature range, yeah. like right around ninety eight degrees, and it doesn't like to fluctuate much. Not much at all. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's amazing what it can do to regulate that that temperature. And one of the things it does to regulate that temperature is it starts shutting off power to your muscles. You know, yeah. You know, it's not going to let you go very hard just because you're going to overheat yourself. Mm-hmm. So that's another reason it's. It's hard to ride in the heat and, and your performances aren't as good. So, um, so how are the, you know, the primary way that our body regulates that, you know, tries to keep us at that 98 degrees mm-hmm. is through our bloodstream. You know, okay. our bloodstream is kind of like, you know, like a car has a radiator that has like those hoses that go through the engine that, you know, that pumps coolant through to keep it from overheating. You know, yeah. our body's similar and, and that's kind of, that's one of the purposes of our blood flow is to help keep our bodies cool and you know the blood will go through the muscles it'll it'll pick up some of the heat that the muscles are generating Mm -hmm. and then it'll go on to our skin and it'll release it as sweat and when the you know if the sweat comes in contact with dry air it turns into a gas and somehow i don't really know how that makes it cold (laughs) yeah you know evaporation i don't know it's kind of cool um i mean it definitely makes a huge difference if you like dump a bottle over your head and you can kind of feel it it's cold yeah not just because like even if you're pouring warm water from a bottle that's been sitting in your cage for two hours it, it cools you down pretty significantly assuming you're in a dry environment you know if, yeah if you're somewhere humid it doesn't really do that the same it's kind of a interesting yeah um but yeah so that's that's how our body regulates its temperature you know an interesting thing to point out is is our muscles don't like to operate when they're cold you know, uh-huh. like on a super cold day, you know, you're, you're going to want to keep your muscles warm because they don't operate as well when they're cold. Yeah. You know, they, they like to be at a certain temperature, but, um, but you know, as they work harder and harder, they generate more and more heat. And, you know, we've got these, these systems in place that can deal with the heat, but it's limited and it really wants to keep us within that certain range. So it gets a little, gets a little tricky. Um, yeah. so there's ways that we keep cool and we've talked about some of these before. Um, you know, one thing that I kind of learned, so we just spent the weekend in St. George. We had a family reunion there. Oh, fun. And, uh, and Amy and I went out and rode and it was pretty warm. I don't think she had the best time of her life. And, and I went out and did a ride after and it was, you know, I was riding at about 90, 95 degrees and it's brutal. You know, and as long as I was moving around, it felt okay. But man, once I would stop it, like if I'd stop at like a traffic light or something, I would just felt like I was cooking. Yeah. So it gets pretty miserable. Yeah. So, but you know, what we're talking about is, is just super important for the upcoming NICA season Mm -hmm. because I don't think I've ever been hotter in my entire life than I get at some of those NICA races. Like if you're out in price or... Richfield or Moab or some of these places just especially they've got people racing since like or like seven in the morning so at some point you're gonna have have to start at like four in the afternoon and it's it's just it's not very fun no it's rough it's super rough 
you know, and so we've, we've talked about how, you know, how to stay cool at these events and, you know, some of those like one, you know, try to spend as much time in the shade as possible, you know, stay in your tent as much as possible. You know, if you're going to go watch a buddy race, try and do it underneath a tree. Sit down too. Yeah. Sit down. Um, you know, when it's hot, you want to keep your warm up short. You really don't need to go do a 45 minute warm up if it's 95 degrees. Yeah. Warm up in a tent, you know, bring a roller, bring some rollers if you can. Warm up out of the sun. Um, you know, pre cooling is, is super important. You know, when you're driving there, keep the air conditioning up super high. So you're like, yeah. you show up and you're cold almost. You know, mm-hmm. um, slushies are really, really effective. Of, you know, bringing something really cold inside of you and it takes a lot of the heat energy to mm-hmm. melt that. And I've, I've seen some like frozen gels recently. With, have, have you tried those at all? Have no, you? that's a, sounds like a great idea though. Yeah. Because yeah, um, really like ingesting something frozen like that is one of the best ways to cool your, your core temperature down. Mm-hmm. Um, like ice vests are actually really not that expensive. They're on Amazon. They're I think like 50 bucks or something, you know, um, yeah. wear that while you're staging, you know, you, you might kind of look like a diva or something, but bring an umbrella to staging. Yeah. I don't know if they, Oh man, I, I've seen, if you do that at a national race, some people look at you a little funny. They for do sure. look I, at you a little funny, but you know, what? I've been the one to look at people a little funny. Especially if you're on like the 45th row and you've got an umbrella, you know, like all the people in the front rows have umbrellas, but you know, yeah. but I think it's a, I think just carrying an umbrella around is, is a great For idea. Sure. Um, you know, thin clothing, like, you know, there's a difference between like with our Maybird kits, you know, like the sport kit versus the pro kit. Yeah. The pro kit's significantly Sign- cooler. Like if ever I, like sometimes I'll get the sport kit to wear in the fall because it keeps me warmer but in the summer those pro kits i don't know how they do it like you stay cooler wearing that than if you weren't wearing a shirt you know they yeah you know the material is just so thin and and actually the color doesn't even really matter like a lot Mm -hmm. of people think because they're black it's going to conduct more heat when the material is that thin that's not the case yeah and you know they're kind of just designed to kind of disperse your sweat and um you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Sorry. Just, just have to yawn or sneeze. <laughs> trying, trying to not sneeze. Oh, okay. Like when I'm doing this with Joe, the whole time he's just there, whenever I start talking, he starts yawning. <laughs> no, I, I'm intrigued. I'm not. Oh, okay. It's, I need to sneeze. <laughs> and I always take it kind of personally. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, Dan. But yes. But yeah. So like there's a reason that some kits are $200 and some kits are 60, you know, and, mm-hmm. and a lot of that's just, they're really, really good at helping you stay cooler. Um, I will say the black bibs, they make pretty affordable kits and, and they're, they'll keep you cool. They're super good. Um, like you can get a super lightweight summer Jersey for like 60 bucks mm-hmm. and it, it works great. I don't, I don't know. It's too much of a difference between the, those and the super expensive kits. Yeah. So, and then the last one's just wearing sunblock is actually going to keep you cooler. Yeah. Um, so getting a sunburn just does not help your, help the situation. So don't ever no, get sunburns, guys. Yeah. It is fun to have the cool tan lines. So those are just some things. We've kind of talked about those before, and I think we will talk about those again because, you know, those are some ways that you can kind of like, you know, just help help you stay cool at a ride or a race. Good things to know. Um but let's talk about, you know, but obviously the, the primary way to, to stay 
cool is to be hydrated, you know, because, yeah, definitely. you know, it's, it's our bloodstream that, that really is kind of a radiator system that cools us off. That's, mm-hmm. um, no, I know a lot of people in this, and this is kind of like, maybe, maybe we're going to get in a little controversy here. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I know a lot of people are big fans of the dump bottles. Yeah. Okay. So if you were like, you know, say you were, you're riding, say you're trying to pre-ride point to point or something, you know, and you're kind of mm-hmm. low on water, but you're just baking and you're just, just over hot, like way too hot, overheating a little bit. You got one bottle. Do you dump it or drink it? I would drink it also because I, I don't know. Is this a water bottle or is this like mix or something? We'll say it's water. Okay. If it was water, I'd still drink it, I think. Okay. All right. And that's, that's a good answer. If, if you're at a race, you're at the feed zone, someone's handing you something, do you dump it or drink it? For me, I, I always drink it because at least with the Nike races, they're always so dusty. If you dump it on you, you just get caked in like the like cake flour from the, all the moon dust of thousands of Nike riders. But I, it, it definitely feels really good if you dump it, it on you. And that's the, that's the point. And that's the whole thing is, is – is actually like in a lot of these cooling methods we talked about other than like the slushy mm-hmm. and, and staying in the shade, a lot of those things don't really affect your core temperature. Okay. They just kind of make you feel better. And, and that's what like a dump bottle, um, it's probably not going to really affect your core temperature, uh-huh. but they definitely feel good. They feel really good. And, um, you know, so if you have like, if you have plenty of water and you're not, you know, like you're not out in the middle of nowhere and this is your last bottle. Yeah. You know, you're okay to take, you're okay. It's okay to dump a little water on you, um, yeah. but you should be, hurt. but the drinking's actually going to do more to keep your, your core temperature down. Like if you dehydrate and, and your pl- blood plasma gets low, you're going to cook yourself a lot faster. So if, cool. if you think dump bottles feel good, use them. Go for it. My, my thing about dump bottles is I think that like, you know, you should, you should have a, like you should have a bottle on your bike that has plenty of water to drink and squirt. You yeah. Know? And you know, if you're out on a hot climb, just take your bottle, squirt a little bit down your back and then, you know, maybe squirt a little bit on your hips or your forearms or something uh-huh. just, you know, when you're out there on a hot climb. Cause I think, For sure. you know, when you go through the feed zone and just grab one cup and dump it on your back, that's going to be dry in like three minutes. Yeah, for sure. And you know, you're going to, it's going to like offer you a little bit of relief for three minutes. Yeah. Cause the thing is, is that, that water really only helps you if it soaks your clothing and your clothing stays wet, Uh huh. you know, and once it dries, the, the benefits kind of gone and, you know, so, so yeah, I think it's better just to kind of maybe, you know, when you're climbing, just dump a little on your back, dump a little on your hips, your forearms. Yeah. Um, you know, so. But yeah, ultimately staying hydrated is, is really the key to keeping cool. So, and I even like, you know, even if you're drinking like scratch and you have it mixed fairly lightly, it's okay to dump that on you. It's not going to, yeah, it's nothing a washing machine. That's expensive, uh, evaporative cooling there, but a little bit, yeah, but yeah, it'll still cool you. You might get a little sticky later, but, um, so, you know, and those things, they, they make a difference. They help, but, but like they really don't make a huge difference in your core temperature. What really does, you can sneeze if you want. We can, I can fight through it. No, no, no. no, I'll let you sneeze. We can, 
I think I could figure out how to edit things. But all right. we're, we're all good. We're all good. <laughs> You're good. Yeah. Okay. But the thing that really, really will make a huge difference, and hopefully people are still listening, is adapting to the heat. Mm-hmm. This is going to make an enormous difference. And so what was that question you asked me before we started? Oh, what's the difference between acclimation and adaptation? Yeah. So acclimation basically leads to adaptations or, or adaptations lead to, I don't know, one, or, one way or the other, but yeah, big words. <laughs> so some of the, the adaptations that make it so we're acclimated, um, are well the the biggest one of the biggest ones is it just increases our plasma volume and why is that well i you know what that's a good i don't know exactly <laughs> know why that would be other than your body is just kind of sensing that you know it's 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 dehydrating it's doesn't have enough blood to service the muscles and keep the skin cool um so it probably just knows it needs to create more when it's when you drink after your your hot rides or your hot days in the sun. You know, Interesting. So, okay. Yeah. It just kind of knows that it needs to do that to be able to handle that in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and with that increased plasma volume, it increases the stroke volume. So our heart, our cardiac output actually increases because of heat adaptations. Okay. That's which, interesting. Yeah. And it's kind of cool because like, um, you know, one of the, one of the things about like the signs of being dehydrated when you're riding is like your heart rate will increase greatly mm-hmm. um, because you have like kind of limited blood supply and it's having to pump faster to, to get it out to your body, you know, and if mm-hmm. you have increased plasma, it can, can regulate it more or it can just pump more with fewer heartbeats. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, which is an awesome adaptation, you know, to, Definitely. to have a lower heart rate. It, yeah. You know, so, um, also one of the adaptations is like, it improves our ability to sweat and it makes us so mm-hmm. we sweat sooner, kind of sweat more evenly Okay. and, and sweat more. So, That's interesting. um, yeah. And, and those, those adaptations happen pretty quickly. Um, do you know how, like roughly how long it would take? Yeah. Yeah. Actually only about seven days. Most of, most of the heat adaptations. Miles, Sorry, I just took water a, all over He myself. just took a dump bottle. He's getting hot yeah, in I'm here. I'm taking a dump bottle. <laughs> um, yeah. Most of the adaptations only take about seven days to. That's a lot quicker than I would have Yeah. It's, it's really, really quick. Um, some about two weeks, but it's not, you know, like you could, you could adapt fairly quick to heat. So. And. Does it like if you ride for seven days in the heat? Are you, is that full acclimation? Does it is that like you're not going to get any more used to the heat, or does it like slowly increase the longer you ride in the heat? That's a really good question. Um, most of the adaptations take um, a week, maybe two mm-hmm. at most. There are there the what what it, what ends up happening is you know when you get this increased plasma volume. Your blood's essentially kind of diluted because it's like mostly water, and so, okay. um, so your hematocrit actually lowers because you, like your percentage of red blood cells drops mm-hmm. while you have more plasma. So your your blood's basically diluted, but over time, if you continue to maintain that increased plasma volume, the red blood cells eventually catch up, so the ratio becomes the same. Okay. So 
so actually, if you continue to heat adapt, um, you eventually get, you know, the EPO effect and oh, more sweet and more red blood cells. So that's kind of a cool adaptation, but that takes more like five weeks. Okay. Um, and yeah, so that's, and how long does it take for the, these like adaptations to dissipate fairly quickly if they're not maintained? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, you could couple weeks you know if they're not maintained sounds good so yeah so they're really they're really a lot of um a lot of good reasons to heat adapt Mm -hmm. um one would be that you're just more comfortable when you know when you show up to nike race yeah you're not going to be as miserable as everyone else and and you're able to perform better in the heat that's that's one obvious reason right yeah but the 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 adaptations you get from um, acclimating to the heat are also beneficial if you're riding in cool temperatures. I mean, it's oh okay, yeah. You're just going to get benefits. Typically, you're going to get you have the potential of benefits either way. Um, that's cool. Yeah, so that's super cool. It's it's actually a yeah, way that's right. that you know if if you're already doing a lot, you're really fit, you're training a, a lot. This could be a way, and I emphasis on the could be a way to just get some additional kind of marginal gains, Uh you know, that would help you both in hot and cooler races. It's just going to make you kind of a better, better athlete in theory. So, okay. Super cool. It's like some people call it like poor man's altitude training. Okay. That's kind of cool. So if you're, if you're like time crunched, say you like you have six or seven hours a week, would your time be better spent if you went out at like two o'clock and did your workout then in the well, heat of the day? That's actually a really, I love that question. Oh, really, you, really good question. I would say for most people, heat training is secondary to all your other training. Like you should just, you, you know, your, your aerobic training, your, your intervals, all that kind of stuff that you're doing is ultimately more important. This is probably more of a supplement Okay. In general, I would say though for Nike riders where you're going to be riding in some really excruciatingly hot conditions, uh-huh. I think it's something you guys need to think about just so it's not right. miserable. Um, but you know, for, for this time crunched person you just mentioned, you know, I would say that if, if they have a race coming up, that's going to be somewhere hot and that's, mm-hmm. and that's a critical part of the race, I think it would be worth including some time. Sweet. heat training okay good so, to know yeah yeah that's a really really good question i like that um thank you there there are obviously you know there are obviously some some considerations some kind of issues that could come up with heat training right. that you might want to you know there's there's obviously a lot of pros but there's some cons for sure uh one thing to be aware of it's going to be added fatigue Okay. You know, if you're training, if you're training outside in the heat, you're going to get, be a little more tired. Okay. And you might take a little more recovery than if, you know, if you did equivalent training in, in cooler weather, um, the quality of your, your training isn't going to be as good. And we're going to talk about these things more because, okay. Um, definitely. And yeah, I'd say, I'd say those are probably the main ones, you know, Obviously, we don't want you to be doing anything that's going to get you like heat stroke or heat exhaustion. Yeah, that's never good. So, so let's, let's, and again, too, just, just, 
if you're not training at all and this is kind of secondary just to getting out a lot and riding a uh-huh. lot you know this is somewhat marginal compared to your zone two and your volume and, and polarization yeah all that okay, okay. beautiful stuff that sounds good <laughs> so so yeah let's talk about like how to do it all right because because as i mentioned you know when you're when you're heat training your quality is going to suffer and your recovery is going to take longer and really if if you try to do hard workouts in the heat you could overall have a a negative net effect that's not good yeah that's not good we don't like those no you know. those are bad so you know but just because you know if you try to do like if you try to go out and do a hard workout in 95 degrees you're it's just going to feel harder than it actually is and it's going to take you a lot of recovery and you're probably going to get sick of it pretty darn quick. Yeah. It's definitely mentally taxing to ride in the heat. It is. So how to, how to implement like a heat adaptation program. Um, it's going to take about a week. All right. Which isn't too bad. And, and honestly no, now is probably, you know, assuming you've already had your mid season break mm-hmm. now is probably a pretty good time to do that. Okay. You know, because you're far enough away from, you know, any, any big races or anything, you know, once, once nationals is done. So for a week you would, what you would do is you would go out for about an hour to maybe an hour and a half. You know, you might start Mm -hmm. with the hour and work your way up when it's uncomfortably hot and you would ride easy for about an hour. Okay. And, And by easy, I mean low zone two. Low zone two, all right. Yeah. You don't want to do any tempo work. You don't want to do intervals out in the heat. All right. It's you you want to keep it pretty easy. And okay. and you know you're doing it right. You really should be on an uncomfortable scale of about seven. Sounds like a good number. Yeah. You know, it should just be kind of annoyingly uncomfortable, but you're not like killing yourself. All right. And if you were to, you know, do that ride, get super hot, would coming home like, taking a cool shower or something like like that take away those benefits or yeah I, I probably wouldn't um wouldn't do that right away i All think right. i think um because because some people actually will like after doing heat training they'll go sit in a sauna or something for a little while yeah, yeah so take a hot bath yeah um sit in a hot tub but yeah so just but i think for for you know, I, I probably wouldn't take a cool shower, but I probably just after you're done, just go on with normal life and rest up. And um, yeah, so for a, for about a week, you're going to do an hour to an hour and a half ride at an uncomfort level of about seven out out on a hot day, mm-hmm. um, and you do that for about like five days of the week. Okay. Now you could combine that with kind of two a days where you know like. Like say you have your Nike ride in the evening. Usually those are somewhere cool, you know. Yeah, usually you, higher elevation. Yeah, you go out at like ten or eleven, do your heat heat training ride for an hour, and then rest during the day. And then you can go out and do another ride later in the evening. Okay, that's cool and comfortable and fun. Yeah, you know you could you know if you are, you know if you're doing this while you're trying to do intervals at the same time, you know, you would you would do the heat training ride during the morning and then rest up during the day. And then you could do the intervals at night. Okay. Um, but the thing you don't want to ever, ever, ever try to do is combine heat training with hard training at the same time. It's just not, okay. gonna, not going to 
work well. What if you accidentally do that? And is that then you're accidentally going to take longer to recover? And <sighs> not good. And you're really missing, and you know, and you're getting crappy intervals and extra recovery. So, so. if you if you find yourself like in the heat, you you've got some intervals to do. Is it better just to skip those intervals altogether, or to still just suffer through them? Um, I would, I, if you couldn't do them later when it's cooler, I would just skip them. Okay. And you know, and, an and honestly, I think for most people, your heat acclimation week is going to be mostly just that. Okay. You know, I really, I, I'm just thinking there might be a case where you should do intervals, but really not for the most part, it's just a week where you're pretty much only going to do zone two that week. And, um, you know, you're going to do some uncomfortable rides at 11 a.m. or something that sounds brutal <laughs> isn't that sound fun um so yeah and like you do that for a week maybe two you know there are some additional benefits with that second week okay and then after that it would just be kind of a, a matter of maintaining it you know like yeah maybe once or twice a week you do an hour ride when it's hot outside um, again, you're not doing intervals in the heat. You're not doing tempo rides in the heat. These are easy rides out in the heat, you know, um, sounds good, you know, and, and you'll notice that they don't, they're not as uncomfortable as you do that. You know, they're, they're probably really uncomfortable that first few days. Yeah. They get easier, but, you know, cause I do think that like, um, that like a lot of like Nike riders were just used to only ever riding in park city or solitude yeah and like like no one's ever gonna ride shoreline right now you know i mean i don't know why you would that sounds so miserable you know but but they do all these riding in these nice pristine cool high elevation environments you know yeah then you show up to price and you race and it's like 180 million billion degrees yeah and and there's not a cloud for several states in yeah until it starts thunderstorming yeah yeah you know, and so I think none of, you know, like, I think none of them, none of the kids are even close to heat acclimated. So, yeah. um, yeah. So I thought that's just something good to consider the, you know, and there are really awesome benefits, not just that you're more comfortable out in the heat, but that, um, you know, that you can, there's some other additional aerobic benefits that you can sure. achieve on top of that. I think mentally it's helpful to have suffered in the heat a bit for on race day, just to know that you've done it before and you, you can probably do it again. Well, and that, I mean, statistically, most people aren't really even listening to this advice and most kids don't even know about this stuff, you okay. know? And so you're going to be like, you could have a huge advantage Way ahead of the game, knowing that, you know, what, everyone else is freaking out about the heat, but I showed up with my ice, my ice vest and umbrella and I'm heat acclimated. And oh, yeah, yeah, this isn't going to be a problem for me. You know, it's like an advantage and, um, but yeah, again, again, I, I, I think I've hopefully put enough emphasis on this is it's kind of like altitude training, you know, Yeah. altitude training. You don't go up to altitude to do intervals. You go up to altitude to live and to breathe and to yeah. ride easy and stuff. You go down low to do your intervals because of the quality. Uh-huh. You know? So isn't it like train low, sleep high? Is yeah. that right? Okay. Yep. You know, and it's, it's a similar kind of principle here. You're like. You really don't like these rides. If you are going to do heat adapted rides, they, they shouldn't be hard. They should be easy rides. They should be, you know, you're just out there to get warm and uncomfortable. Not really fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, 
yeah, I think this is kind of a, a cool thing that, you know, maybe, maybe Not try it out. Not a marginal gain. Yeah, I don't think so, especially because of what, what some of these kids race. And I just think too many of them show up to these Nike races, never even have ridden in the heat before. Oh, for sure. So I'm definitely guilty of that. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's, I think that's all I have on that. Awesome. Um, yeah. So I think uh, I'll be in nationals next week. So mm-hmm. I think, I don't, I think Joel will probably do it on his own or so. I don't know what Podcast the plan is. Podcast takeover. Yeah. Yeah, um, but so do we have a, a secret word for the day? Heat. That's not that's very too creative. obvious. That's too obvious. Um, how about how about egg? I like eggs because you know, like you think about like eggs are made with heat. Yeah, well, yeah. If you if you if an egg cooks, it changes. You know, if like we get too cooked, it's kind of like an egg getting cooked or something. I like that a lot. So egg, egg, or eggs. You could do either you can one. We'll count pick either and one. Choose. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Miles, for being here. And thanks for anyone that's still listening. And uh, have fun. Ride lots. Lots of zone two. And eggs. And eggs. (laughs) (laughs) All All right. right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you.